Let's stand together. Get ready to praise the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing a song of praise and bless His name. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Let's get a nice clap going on. You guys are asleep. Come on. Here we go. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder? Who leaves us breathless and on wonder? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Oh, this is amazing grace. This is amazing
Just what you say. Though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. And let my heart learn when you speak a word, it will come to pass. Great is your faithfulness to me. Great is your faithfulness to me from the rising sun to the setting same i will praise your name Great. 
that song. That was awesome. Oh, I'm stuck. There we go. Good morning. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. Maybe. Okay. Um, if you are new, welcome to First Press Tampa. We are so glad that you would check us out this morning. And for those of you who are here all the time, welcome. Welcome to Sunday morning with the family. For those of you online, thanks for joining us. Um, if you're new, let me tell you about who we are. We are a church who cares about relationships. The reason why is because we have a God of relationship. Jesus is all about investing in your life, loving you where you are, extending grace to you in the hope that you might love him in return and find relationship with him. And so that's what we care about here in this room. And if you're new, we would love to invite you on that journey with us. You can let us know who you are by filling out a Connect card. We have paper ones outside in the children's check-in. You can also scan the QR code um, and do just that. But we really have. We've been focusing and narrowing in on relationships, specifically the past few weeks through our sermon series. We've talked about conflict resolution. We've talked about moving towards reconciliation. We've talked about having no regrets when it comes to our relationships with other people. And because we care so much about it as a church, we have put even greater investment in what we think is one of the greatest relationships builders that we can have here as a church, and that is our life groups. So you have, when you sat down, a flyer that talks about all the life groups that we offer here at First Pres. Um, in September, I had the privilege of moving into the role of director of life groups, and I can tell you the men and women whose pictures are on this sheet of paper are phenomenal human beings, and they would love for you to join their life group. As you can see, we have 15 ongoing existing life groups right now, and we are launching in 2023 two new groups. My husband Matt and I are going to be leading one, and Dave Dunkel and his wife Melissa are going to be leading one as well. So if you're interested in any of our current groups or any of the ones coming in January, you can reach out directly to the leader. You can re reach out directly to me. I would love to just have a conversation with you because I promise you, when you join a life group, you're going to grow in your relationship with Jesus. You're going to grow in community with the people around you, and your life is going to be different and richer and fuller because of it. Please pray with me this morning. God, thank you that you are a God of relationship, that you went first, God. You went first in loving us by sending your son, Jesus, and that our lives are different because of it. So Jesus, I pray for the people in this room today who maybe have a broken human relationship, maybe have struggles with a family member or a friend. Lord, I pray that you would speak so clearly into their hearts in a really intimate way. God, we have people in our family of faith who need you right now. Lord, we pray for our friend, Bob Campbell, who had um, massive open heart surgery this week. But Jesus, it was successful, and he is doing well. And after what has been a roller coaster of fear for their family with Bob, um, Jesus, I pray that they would just continue to cling to you, that you would continue to heal his body. And I thank you for that successful surgery. And Lord, we also just pray over Anderson Bowden this morning, um, a pre-K student, the son of Carly and Will Bowden, who was just diagnosed with spinal muscular atrophy. Jesus, I pray your healing hand over Anderson. Jesus, I pray that you would fill the doctors with the knowledge and the wisdom of what to do to help him, to help him thrive. And I pray that you would come alongside Will and Carly that you would guide them and help them to know every single day the best next step and that, Jesus, this would be the time 
uh, that they could say without a doubt that, Lord, you were there and that they clung to you and that you came through. And so we just lift them before you. God, we give you our lives and we give you our hearts um, and thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, McLean. Hey, this is what's happening. It's Christmas, and we got a little something just to get everybody warmed up. This is called First at Four Beachy. It's a chance for you just to hang out with people. Friday night, December 2nd, 5.30 p.m. We got a little video to tell you about it. Hi, I am Danielle Dietz, and I'm with the Vince Panino, and we are excited to invite you to First at Forbici. Get it first pres at Forbici. It's going to be Friday, December 2nd at 5 p.m. Vince is going to share a little bit more. Yes, come as you are, the way you want. This is uh, probably overdressed. Shorts are fine. We're going to be outside. We have 40 seats right here uh, outside. It's a great place to mingle um, and move around and talk so you're not sitting there all night. And it's a blast uh, and you'll enjoy it, I promise. Awesome. We look forward to seeing you there. Hang out, no pressure. Come as you are. First at Four Beachy, there's a flyer with that and all this other stuff. One flyer's in your chair about life groups. The other flyer's in the back in the children's check-in. And this is just telling you about that first at Four Beachy and all the other Christmas stuff. One more really cool thing you need to know about today, which is what we call Serve Day. It's where we don't have worship on Sunday morning. We're out hands and feet of Jesus. And the chair of Serve Day, Libby Powers, is right here. And she's going to come now and tell you about Serve Day 2023. Hi, I'm Libby Powers, and along with, we have the picture? It's coming. Along with this amazing team, we are leading Serve Day, getting it organized for you guys to really be at the hands and feet of Jesus and serve our community. I want everyone to take out your phone, because I know everyone has it. <laughs> Even up here, yes. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll hear this every Sunday. <laughs> February 5th. 2023, this is the after Gasparilla before Super Bowl. Very well I done. I believe, yes. So right we in between made them. Sure, yep, we made sure this is a Sunday that everyone can make, uh, you know, be there. Like Fitz said, we will not have actual service that Sunday. We will be in the community doing what we do every Sunday, really showing Jesus' love, being the hands and feet of Jesus, serving the community and really spreading the word about our amazing church. So put in your calendar February 5th. We have projects, you know, all day. Well, 8 to like 12-ish. We hope to have a nice community barbecue afterwards. It's really going to be a full day event. February 5th, you'll hear about sign-ups coming in the upcoming weeks slash, slash months. We look forward to seeing you there. So one, one last quick word for me, and we call it giving back to God, and we're every week. And just let me give it to you real plain. You're so generous, and it's such a joy to be a part of the team and, and lead the team that's here doing what we do. Here's a basic thing about budgets. We have to meet them. And so what happens when you give is in all the good that we do, all the stuff, all the people, we just we have a budget, and we're, I'm so grateful to be able to say to you, in these six ways, you can just jump in and help us balance our budget for the year 2022 by continuing to do things like just give money so we can keep the lights on, pay the salaries, and have the great time that we have. So that's what giving back to God is about on top of all the other cool stuff. It's running the organization. Thank you. Let's go back into music now. Allow yourself to be drawn back into the clear presence of God 
as we turn our hearts towards being transformed because of our relationship with Jesus. So friends, I asked Adam and the music team if they would play the song that we're about to sing together. Because God is the one, he's the only one who knows about the journey that you've been on with relationships that are hard, that are broken, where you're struggling. And in the center of this song, there's a question. It says, what if we could start over? So as you sing this song, I want you to imagine what God can do by starting us over with each other. Wide awake while the world is sound asleep and too afraid of what might show up while you're dreaming. Nobody, nobody, nobody sees you. Nobody, nobody will believe you. Every day you try to pick up all the pieces all the memories that somehow never leave you nobody 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 sees you nobody nobody will believe you god only knows what you've been through god only knows what they say about you god only knows what's killing you there's a kind of love that god only knows god only knows what you've been through god only knows what they say They'll cover over every single secret So afraid if someone saw them, they would leave But somebody, somebody, somebody sees you Somebody, somebody will never leave you God only knows what you've been through God only knows what they say about you God only knows how it's killing you But there's a kind of love that God only knows God only knows what you've been through God only knows what they say about you. God only knows the real you. There's a kind of love that God only knows. There's a kind of love. 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 For the lonely, for the ashamed, the misunderstood, and the ones who blame. We could start over. We could start over, we could start over. Oh, for the lonely, for the ashamed, the misunderstood, and the ones to blame. What if we could start over? We could start over, we could start over. Cause there's a kind of love that God only knows. God only knows what you've been through. God only knows what they say about you. God only knows the real you. There's a kind of love that God only knows, God only knows what you've been through. God only knows what they say about you. God only knows the real you. There's a kind of love that God only knows. There's a kind of love. There's a kind of love. There's a kind of love. 
you. God only knows how to break through. God only knows the real you. There's a kind of love that God only still deeply moved by that song. Um, give me a second. Because <laughs> um, I'm thinking about a relationship. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm about to tell you a funny story. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> we're in part three of this four-part series that we're calling, uh, <laughs> I can't even think straight all of a sudden, Rebuilding, <laughs> what are we calling it? <laughs> Reassembly Required, <laughs> A Beginner's Guide to Repairing Broken Relationships. And I'm going to tell you, case in point, I almost ruined the evening the other night with a little bit of an attitude. Fitz and I love cooking dinner together. It's really fun for us. We have a pass-through between our kitchen and the porch where the grill is. So typically, he's on the grill. We'll have the window open unless it's super hot. But we'll have the window open, and we're talking back and forth while I'm roasting vegetables and doing the other parts of the meal. So the other night, I was, like, excited telling him about some ideas that had come to my mind and my heart that maybe as a family we could do during Christmas with our grandkiddos, with everybody. And, I would, and then I was looking at him and I went, he's pretending to listen to me. He's totally pretending. And I can always tell when he's pretending. And this story doesn't get any better because he still thinks it's hysterical that he was pretending to listen to me together. Totally unrepentant. Like maybe some of you who have the Bucks game on your phone right now and you're pretending, <laughs> pretending to listen to me. Yeah, I understand. But normally, that dynamic between us is something that we laugh about. But I will tell you, the other night, I was actually irritated. And I was this close to saying something snarky. And then it occurred to me, why am I making such a big deal out of this? Like, What's up? And so I decided to pause for 10 minutes. And in that pause, I said to God, what's going on with me? You know? And in that moment, God sort of nudged me to look in the mirror. I didn't like what I saw at all. Now, granted, certainly, he was a knucklehead. And didn't listen to me. Fair enough. But really what bothered me the most was me. Because when I looked in the mirror, what I saw was that I was about to spend relational capital on critiquing fits about something so small. What's up with that? Right? 
Well, this morning, Jesus is going to put a mirror in front of all of us. And you aren't going to like it any more than I did. Here's why. In your relationships that need repair, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of who said what and how long ago it happened or whether <clears throat> it happened recently, here's what I know. Where relationships are experiencing conflict, there's always somebody to blame. And it's not you, is it? No. Let's be honest. It's not you. It's not me. We're the mature ones. We would never do that. It's them. Of course it is. And if it's us, it's rarely, rarely us. But in this message series, we've concluded that the best and first decision that we always make is that I will get back to you, not get back at you. And one of the best ways to get back to you and not back at you is to look at myself in the mirror and own my part of the blame. But instead, and weirdly, we tend to go to relationship management tools that never work. And we've introduced them to you as the four C's. And the four C's are right in front of you. Notice I said relationship management tools. Who do you know wants to be managed? No one. But friends, when we're doing this, we're trying to manage someone. And they're feeling it. Because in conflict, we tend to go to these things. And because they don't work on anybody, we start to get a little frustrated. We even sort of shut down. We start making excuses. Well, the three classic excuses that we tend to use when we can't make it work are going to come up right here before you because the first one is so incredibly subtle. It's, I don't care. I don't care. I just don't care. Well, do you want to talk about it? I don't care. Well, don't you think you should call her? I don't care anymore. Whenever you hear yourself say or think, I don't care, pay really close attention to that. Because typically, when we say, I don't care, it actually signifies that it's something we care very deeply about. But we feel powerless to do anything about it. And friends, here's the tricky part. When you're saying, I don't care, but you really do care, all that frustration and anger that's going on inside of you and me, we carry it right into all of our other relationships. You're welcome. And we bring it right on in to our marriages, to our dating relationships with our colleagues, with our friendships. And what's sad is we keep doing that because we haven't stopped to take a look and analyze and understand what's fueling all that anger and frustration. We never did that work. So then we become our own worst 
enemy. Well, the next excuse that we tend to run to is, I already tried. I already tried. I'm done. And I'll just wait here. Well, the problem with that is that we've agreed together in this series that the goal in repairing a relationship is no regrets. So when I stand here and say, I've tried, I'm done, and I'll just sort of wait here for you, I'm essentially reversing the first decision I made to get back to you, not get back at you. The third excuse that we tend to use when nothing else is working, it wasn't my fault. It just wasn't my fault. This is the part where you and I tell our story again and again and again, and the moral of the story is always the same. You ready for it? It wasn't my fault. But seriously, it might not be your fault. But that's not the point at all. Because reconnection and reassembly towards reconciliation always begins with us. Always. We make the first move. If you are a follower of Jesus, this is what we believe. That God made the first move toward us. While we were still sinners, Scripture tells us, Christ died for us. Do you see the first move there? While we were still sinners. While we were still sinners, Christ moved towards us and died for us. For God so loved the world that he moved in our direction, not to get back at us, but to get back to us. And then he commands us to do for others what God in Christ has done for us. Now, regardless of your religious background, what Jesus has to say about repairing broken relationships is so relevant that it's worth you exploring following Jesus because what he has to say about repairing relationships is utterly brilliant. And it's even life-changing. See, Jesus knows all about our relationships. He knows what I did. He knows what you did. He knows all the circumstances. He also knows that we are highly likely to use the other person's behavior as an excuse to just say, ah, it wasn't my fault. So Jesus is going to get all up in our business this morning, and he's going to ask us a really annoying slash irritating question. And it comes to us from Matthew chapter 7. This is what he says. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust? You catch it? It's almost, it's not sarcastic, but it's poignant. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? 
Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in Fitz's eye, Kathy, and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye, sister? Good question. Why do you do that? Why do you look at the speck in your colleague's eye? Why do you look at the speck in that relative that is semi-annoying's eye? Why do you look at the speck in your spouse's eye or your friend's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? In other words, why are you so focused on what they did that, oh, yeah, you can't do anything about? And why aren't you then not paying any attention to what you did that you can do something about. And we all have the same answer to Jesus' question. Well, to begin with, Jesus, it's not a little speck in their eye. Let's just start there. You are so off. It's actually huge. He left. She lied to me. He ruined that family event last year, and I don't want to have anything to do with him. They won't accept responsibility for their actions. So as I see it, it is not a little speck. And secondly, I don't have a plank in my eye. They are the ones with the plank. I am the ones with the speck. They started this. I didn't. I can see clearly what happened, and clearly I'm not at fault. And if they would just sit down with me, I think they would learn very clearly what really took place. Are we done here, Jesus? Well, apparently not, because he has another super irritating question to ask us. He just doesn't let up the pedal. So he asks us this question. How can you say to your brother or any person that you have conflict with, permit me to take the speck out of your eye? Sounds so, you know, courageous. When all the time there is a plank in your own eye. Well, that phrase, all the time, is actually a Greek word. It's just one word. All the time reduced to one word, edu. And you do has so much more power than when all the time you had a plank in your own eye. That's not how he said it, and that's not how they heard it. They heard it with the force that it was intended. It would have been heard more like this. How can you say to your brother, permit me to take the speck out of your eye, when behold, looky there, you have a plank in your eye. And he goes on to say, you hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye. I think he's smiling somewhere in this conversation. He has such a great sense of humor, and Jesus has him right here. He has me right here. I want you to know. He used the word hypocrite, and that's a word that you and I see so many negative connotations with that, right? But you see, the word hypocrite in the Greek isn't pejorative at all. It's actually a word used for play acting happening in every great Greek theater at the time. So 
it wasn't thought of as negative at all. But Jesus is using it this way. He's saying, why are you play acting? Why are you pretending that you don't have any flaws? Jesus' point is this. You have things out of order. You're not completely wrong. So I hope you all can just, you're not completely wrong, really. But you may have things out of order. You don't see things as clearly as you think you do. Because you need to start with yourself first. Jesus literally says first. First, take the plank out of your own eye. And we are so busted, right? Because we never do that. Of course we don't. And this is a lesson about reconciliation. This is not a lesson about how to run to our self-righteous corner and tell our story for the rest of our lives. But Jesus is saying, before we get to them, we have to start with ourselves. We have to start with the plank in our own eye. We have to identify and own, admit our part of the blame, even if it's tiny. Even if it's tiny. And Jesus, who loves us, says, yeah, I know it's tiny, but it's a place to start. I mean, can you even imagine yourself? I can already see your necks getting stiff. Can you even imagine yourself saying to Jesus, Heavenly Father, please, even the word please, please show me where I'm at fault in this situation. Can you, can you even picture it? Because if you and I are humble enough even if it's so small that, that, that we're willing to own even the smallest amount of our part of the blame, Jesus makes us a promise that is so stunning. I don't think you've ever noticed it before. It's the last thing he says to us in this story. It's in chapter 5. He says, you hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye. Notice that. First, first move. Take the plank out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly. There's the promise. If we do that plank removal, then we will see the whole situation so much more clearly. And then he says, you will be able to remove the speck from your brother's eye. His promise is that if you and I would just humble ourselves first, admit our part of the blame first, get that plank out of our eye first, then we will see clearly, which makes sense, doesn't it? Because now we've gotten something out of our eye that was blocking our sight all this time. If there's something about me that's an obstacle to us, then I need to admit my part of the blame, own it, and remove it. And then that puts me in a position to stand on the two decisions we've made together. 
The first one being, I'm going to get back to you, not get back at you. And the second one from today is, I'm going to own my part of the blame. Well, perhaps during this message series, you've been thinking about someone or a situation that you're in where there's some conflict, big or little, a relationship that needs repair. What if we were to practice what Jesus is telling us to do? I said telling us, which makes us squirm, but he is indeed telling us. He's not asking. But he's saying there's a promise if you'll do it. See, what if we did that together right now, right here, as a way of saying to Jesus, I hear you loud and clear. And I'm going to step towards you and do what you're asking, Jesus. What if we were to do that together? And so I want to offer this moment as a prayer. We're going to pull up the prayer. And I'm going to have us pray it together. But we're not going to do this rote. Blah, 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 blah. And in one ear and out the other. So I want you to follow my cadence because my hope is that you'll have this person, this situation in your heart, and that we are going to take our time. Because I believe that we need to take our time with this prayer. It's coming up. Please pray with me slowly. Heavenly Father, please show me where I was at fault. What could I have done differently? How could I have responded differently? Heavenly Father, was there anything else I could have done? The only thing I can do anything about is me. And I want to do my part right because I want things between you and me to be right. Would you show me my part of the blame? Do you know what's going to happen if you keep doing this and practicing this? For the rest of your life, I promise you that every time you hear Jesus talk about the speck in their eye and the plank in your eye, you won't be offended because you will have experienced what it's like to do what he's asking to first take the plank out of my own eye and then experience the promise that now you and I can see clearly. And we will experience the truth that after looking at the speck in their eye, suddenly it seems way smaller than we thought it was. And after looking at the plank in my eye and your eye, we discover it was bigger than we thought it was. Oh, Jesus, get rid of our plank eye. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you know. You know about the journey that we've been on. You know that we sit here thinking, but my part is so small. All I did was react to what they did to me. But even there, you nudge us. and You say, there, there you go. Start there. Start small. Lord, thank you for making it so clear and giving us a gift at the end of this hard work. 
of clarity of sight when we simply do the first thing, that first move, Lord, that you invite us to do. Lord, thank you for loving us that much. Thank you for wanting more than anything for us to have healing in our relationships. But would you give us the courage and the strength and the fortitude to humble ourselves and do what you asked first. Take that awful plank out of our eye. Lord, we don't want to be plank eye. We want to have your eyes. Amen. God only knows what you've been through. God only knows what they say about you. God only knows how it's killing you. But there's a kind of love that God only knows. God only knows what you've been through. God only knows what they say about you. God only knows the real you. There's a kind of love that Start over, we can start over, we can start over. Let's go ahead and stand up for us. We'll hold the lonely for the shame, the misunderstood, and the ones who blame. But if we can start over, we can start over, we can start over. Cause there's a kind of love that God only knows. God only knows what you've been through. God only knows what they say about you. God only knows. See you next time.